Hello and welcome to the first emergency podcast of the year. I am one half of your host and crew, West Hollis, and Walker Light joins me from College Station, Texas. We will forgo the long intros of this episode because we need to get straight into this. As always, every two years, TAPS realigns the divisions. And as always, we have uh we have a lot going on here, a lot of shakeup. Um, not just a little bit. There's there's a lot going on here. We're going to get right into it. Walker Lot, uh, first of all. Uh, and any overarching thoughts of the more or less chaos that's ensuing here? Well, it looks like private school as a whole has gr- grown in you know population sizes of each school. So that's not enrollment sizes. That's the correct term. Um, which I don't think there was a team that went down, uh, but a lot of teams that went up, and a lot of surprising teams that went up, and also some that didn't shock as much. So, uh, crazy time, and I'm excited to talk about it. Absolutely. So we will waste no time. We will get straight into Division One, where in District One, we see two new teams emerge. We see Legacy Christian of Frisco and Liberty Christian Argyle both move up a division into District One. In terms of District Two, we see uh, we see St. Dominic Savio move up. We see St. Michael's move up. We see TMI Episcopal and St. John's out of Katy move up. So that is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine team district in District 2. And that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in District 1. So Walker, Division 1 has grown significantly from 10 teams to about 16 or 17. Uh, what are your thoughts on the newcomers and just the, what that's going to make for the landscape of Division 1? Well, uh, that first means that not everyone is going to be able to get a playoff spot in Division One this year, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Secondly, um, it's also this for a lot of divisions. That means I would love to see how all these districts do this because all these teams, like you just said, nine-team district. So that means that all these teams have eight teams they have to play during the season, right? If that if they usually have do district games that means they have eight district games already locked up on a 10 game schedule so these guys a lot of these teams are not going to have to play a lot of non-district games and so rivalries are going to have to be kind of different a lot of those things are have to do if they have contracts with other schools like saint thomas for example is not going to be able to play a lot of other kincaids of the world they're not going to be able to play the saint john's or any big public school that they want so they're going to have to align their schedule to not allow that many games and we could talk about that forever district four and division two we'll talk about in a second it's the same way uh, you know, that's another one that's going to be like, you have that many teams you have to face every single year, at least eight. Right. So I don't know. Like, so that means only what four, no, what is it? Five and or do they do like five and five or whatever? So, um, yeah, that's, it's just an interesting thing, but, uh, shocking talking about this. I, I'm going to go on a rant for a second because you know, this is, this is emergency. So we're just going to kind of talk about it for the district two. I am shocked that Austin Savio got in there. I am St. Michael's. I did not know that was that populous, but very good for them. And TMI Episcopal goes from being one of the lower teams in TAPS Division 2 in District 3 to District 2 in Division 1. And you have to remember, this is the same TMI Episcopal team that just lost to Shiner St. Paul. That's a Division 4 team, and now they're in Division 1. That's why Katie St. John's is the same way in Division 2, where they're not that great. Um, so it, it adds a team like St. Thomas or, you know, Antonio, and they kind of looking at them and like, well, we want to get competition before we get in the playoffs and have to play stronger teams and playing district games like that, that might not be the most fun for them. And they're not going to be able to schedule, you know, 
a little bit tougher team. So that's, and also, you know, all these teams are going to have to make multiple trips to San Antonio, multiple trips to Austin, multiple trips to Houston, a lot more traveling for a lot of these teams. Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly a shakeup. And at the end of the day, there's always going to be a lot of people that complain like, Oh, like from a talent standpoint, or there, there's so much, you know, dispersion. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's not, we're not shuffling. Um, this isn't divided by talent. It's strictly enrollment. Taps kind of has its hands tied in terms of, in terms of geographic location and splitting teams within districts. Yes, they have control, but in terms of divisions, there are hard and fast cutoffs that yeah. they can't control, but I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't have I don't think there's a whole lot to really touch on in division one. It's not huge. I mean, the biggest thing I think is uh Liberty Christian moving back up because I think there is a good chance that Liberty Christian immediately becomes the title favorite in division one. It's gonna between be between them and Parrish, providing that St. Thomas doesn't come out looking like world beaters um yeah. in the, the beginning of the season. But Walker, would you concur that Liberty has a really good chance to come out and be favorites immediately in the biggest division? Uh yeah, I think I absolutely I would un because if that's his next year, of course, that means Cole Welliver is gone and guys like Michael Stump. Chase Garnett, or no, Chase Garnett's a 25, but, uh, you know, a couple of those guys on that squad are going to be gone for next year. So how do they replace them? You know, that's going to be the questions and compared to Parrish, you know, who has Sawyer Anderson Black, blah, 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 blah. You know, St. Thomas is going to lose a deep 24 class this next year with Johan, Dante, et cetera, Tyler Day. So that's going to be interesting to watch to see them next year and see how they reload. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting year in Taps Division One. I. I also think it's crazy that a team like Frisco Legacy goes from a middle of the pack team in Division Two, District One or District Two. Now they have to face all these schools in Taps D One. Which, I mean, granted, I mean Nolan is a little bit down right now. TC Addison is not the best right now. It's gonna be. It would be interesting to see how these team he would they would face in that div- division. But I, I think it's also crazy because it makes sense. Because what I think they went up like fifty students from like what last year twenty one to twenty three. And that means it makes sense because, you know, Frisco is an area that's really growing in DFW, especially in Dallas, because a lot of people are moving to the outskirts of Dallas, but still the city. And Frisco is a great way to place that. And so that makes sense that legacy has been growing a lot. So, um, but yeah, that's just an interesting one in Taps Division 1. Yeah, it certainly is. But with that being said, that's all we're going to comment on Taps Division 1. Let's now move to Taps Division 2, which is... um. Certainly seeing uh, a fair amount of shakeup. In terms of District yep. 1, you see Grapevine Faith get moved back over there from District 2. You see TCS Lubbock move up from D3 into D2. And otherwise, it's a lot of the same. Coram Dale also gets moved from District 2 to District 1. So that's interesting there. Instead, in terms of District 2, this is where you see <laughs> a lot of a lot of really interesting decisions. Grace Prep gets moved up from D3. Bishop Dunn stays. Brentwood Christian gets moved up. Hyde Park gets moved transdivisional from D3 to D2 or from District 3 to District 2. Austin Regents also gets moved from District 3 to District 2. And Bullard Brookhill moves up from Division 3 to District uh, to Division 2. Trying to interchange the words division and district has never been very easy for me. I'm going to stumble a lot here. In terms of District 3, you see it gets absolutely nuked. Um, You know, we had Walker, we had been talking about in previous episodes that we need to get Austin Regents out of District 3. Whenever we were saying that, we didn't mean blow the entire district up. There's only yep. four teams left. It's San Antonio Christian, St. Anthony, St. Joseph, and the other St. Joseph, Brownsville and Victoria. 
And in terms of District 4, this is just also an absolute mess. Bay Area Christian moves up from Division 3. Cypress Christian moves up from Division 3. Frazzati moves up, if I'm not mistaken. Legacy yeah. Prep Magnolia moves up from Division 3. Um, yeah, and then everything else stays the same. So, Walker, that is a lot of change. Um, honestly, we could start wherever you want to start because there's just a lot to pick at here. Oh, I'm so excited for this one because this one is just crazy. Um, we're going to start with this. I'm going to put on the screen a map of the state of Texas. Boom. It's on the screen. Who, you know, we love the guys at TAPS. Why in the world are teams from Austin, Texas, playing teams from Dallas and Tyler. That does not make sense. I'm going to put lines no. on the screen, maybe. It'd be like, okay, this makes sense. Because it is a two-hour drive from College Station to Austin. So probably around the same thing for from Houston to Austin, right? That's I could probably guess that. Um, so it's from Houston to Austin. It's around two-hour drive. It is a, what, probably four-hour drive? from Tyler to Austin, maybe more. And then what a three hour drive from DFW to Austin. Like the math is not math. And I I get that you, I, that's probably something behind the scenes. I, if I'm being real, that Austin is finally being like regions is finally been like, okay, we, if we want to win, we need to play better squads. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to, okay, if you're going to do that, then, why do you not put them in District 1? Being real, why do you not put them in District 1? Because then they can just go up 35 and call it a day. But then you make them now go 35 and go a little bit east, and now that it just doesn't make sense geographically-wise. Is that the word? Anyways. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically the same. That, I mean, it, it's it's insane. It's I don't – I don't – I feel I feel stupid now because we are we have been constantly drumming for like a month like get regents out of out of district this is three. Not I, think Jack, wanted, I think I think I know I think Jack Klosek even said like it's almost dangerous at this point people are going to get hurt yes now that it's happened I'm like oh good lord this is even worse just because like dude why it didn't need it didn't need to be blown up in my opinion like I like, think like I, this okay if you're gonna do it Put the schools that are from Houston and Austin together, like you did in Division One. You, it's the same thing. Put them in the same district. Think about the district battles of like TWCA, Regents, Hyde Park, uh, Fort Bend, and Second Baptist. They already all hate each other, really. Just put them all together and let them battle it out in the you know the South and call it a day. Because that doesn't make sense. I know you have to also deal with basically District 4, like it's always been, is all Houston schools, which, uh, you know, Bay Area, Cypress, Frasity moves in from being just like an independent school to actually Division District 4. And then Legacy Prep, which has had a pretty good jump in uh, enrollment, so good for them. But Cypress also has. has. Cypress is going to come into that district and cause some chaos. I'm not going to lie to you. That's going to oh, be yeah. fun to watch because that's going to be the senior year John Kelly and company. Like, that's going to be fun to watch. But... Bay Area, you know, is a middle of the pack team in not middle of the pack, but you get what I mean. A division three, same with legacy. And you now put, like I said earlier in taps division one, where you're going to have an eight game slate of district games of all those squads. And then, so is second Baptist not going to play the Preston woods and all the elite teams they, they usually play are they, or is Fort Ben not going to play their games? Like this is, this is also crazy for non-conference, but for also head coaches, you know, one of the struggles, of course, is scheduling games, and a lot of people wouldn't want to play the private schools. So I get why you now you don't really have to worry about 
a lot of non-district games for you. So that's a benefit. But then on the flip side, we're going to flip it again, spin it. District 3 only has three games in district. So they have to deal with seven non-district games for teams in San Antonio and Brownsville and Victoria. That is going to be so hard for those head coaches to figure out seven non-district games for their kids. That doesn't make sense to me. And I like District 1. I really do like District 1 and Division 2 because it kind of brings it back to the old day, olden days of when I was playing where it was yeah. it was Cormdale, Fort Worth Christian, Grapevine Faith, Midland. Midland was in that district. SES, and there was always a Lubbock team. We would always play in basketball, but now we play them in football, so that's fine. And, you know, Grace Prep used to be in there, but, you know, they're still on that. Grace Prep, no, no, well, I guess – Grace Prep makes sense, but like Grace Prep is like a 20 minute drive from SES. So like, I don't know about that, but that makes sense. But it, it, I just, you know, it's a good district. I like district one district two just does not make sense to me because the thing about how the traveling budgets. So that means uh, a tool school like Tyler, for example. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Grace. Grace is going to have to drive all the way to Austin for a game and then drive back that same night just for a Friday night game. Think about every other sport that they're going to have to deal with, too. They're probably going to have to do it at least twice a lot of years. Right. Which is crazy. That's for the traveling budgets and everything for all the parents involved. Like, that's such a crazy ask of these schools to do. I don't get so it. I, I'm uh, trying to think hypothetically. So what we would propose is, I guess, move the three Austin schools to District 3 and make that a seven-team district and make District 2 a four-team district, which – that honestly, like, again, somebody's going to have to have the short end of the stick when it comes to the amount of teams in their district. That's just how it's going to have oh, to be. And yeah, at, the, yeah. at the end of the at the end of the day, like, even if again, even if we're not and you could always take some teams from District one and mix them in with District two. But even if we're leaving it alone, like we're we're talking about the difficulty of finding non-district games, the, the games will still get scheduled regardless. They'll get right. scheduled. I just I don't know from. From a from a geographic standpoint, it's it's borderline ridiculous to me. I know that people smarter than me are making these decisions, and I'm sure there's a legitimate reason. I just can't see it off rip. I have no idea why why Regents and Hyde Park and Brentwood are in District Two, having to travel much farther um, than they already are. But um, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it to you now, okay? Okay, Tyler, you know. Grace is looking like one of the better years of Grace's history, right? These next couple of years, right? You have a couple of guys, you know, Zach Davis at the helm for the next couple of years. You look solid. Are you, because we talked about it when Liberty came down with me. Are you annoyed that somehow they put Austin Regents in your district this year? Not, not at all. I think it's a great thing. Um, I'm, I'm not mad at that. And the main reason I'm not is first of all they're not they're not being moved down a division that's one thing True. it's a reason and even if it was they'd fall within the guidelines and i can't complain about it that much but right you know at the end of the day if you want to go as far as you're going to go you know to a state which is your ultimate goal is a state championship you're going to have to play these teams along the way anyways sure. and you might i mean you it, at the end of the day like i know you want to get to playoffs and say you went deep in playoffs but at the end of the day like it's not going to make much difference whether you lose them first round of playoffs or you lose them in district. So it's it's not that big of a deal to me. In terms of how good Grace is going to be next year is interesting. I think they have a chance to be good, but they're going to they lose you know big playmakers like like Grant Turner, like J T Williams, like. Sure. 
a lot of other guys like Blake Harmon, Dylan Taylor, stuff like that. Um, this isn't a grace episode, so I'll keep it brief, but it's interesting. It's funny. Jack Klosek, um, whenever he sent us that the alignment had come out, said Wes is uh, Wes is going to be very upset with one of the new additions to Grace's district. And my mind immediately went to, I was like, please don't tell me Liberty got moved into that district, <laughs> but they didn't. And then my immediate thought was DC got moved back up and they didn't. So I'm fine. Regents is the lesser of three evils when it comes to that. But Walker, any anything else on on D two before we move on? Um, I I, I uh, I'll leave it with this, and I'll leave it with a little statement and a question to you. Uh, I do like that we're kind of bringing back the old rivalries of like Grapevine Faith and Coram Deo into that district and TCS Lubbock for basketball. I really do love that, so I'm happy about that. My question is now to you is because we've always said district division two district one is the district of death in private school football do you still think it is with all saints or with christian faith midland ses and now tcs lubbock no um i don't i think liberty um being taken out of that all saints and again even all saints hasn't looked like world beaters um um this up to this year i don't know what they'll look like next year but let's just take this you know team by team quorum deo no fourth christian no faith no midland maybe ses possibly tcs probably not in that division like you, yeah. those aren't th- those aren't teams that you've looked at their performance in the past couple of years and been like a team like liberty like oh my gosh this is going to be a war week in yeah. week out now that does not mean that there's not going to be great competition between these teams i think a lot of these teams match up with each other very well like i think scs and tcs will match up well i think midland will match up well with them i think almost yeah. every team really except Corim deo is going to be a really good fight i just don't think it's a district of doom whenever i'm looking at you know yeah. grace hyde park regents uh ma- mainly grace and regents on the other side that i think would be good is it still better than district two in my opinion yes is it as good as it was last year no no i i agree with you there i'm looking at it i'm trying to like look through the divisions. I, I kind of, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I honestly don't know if there even is a district of doom in taps football this year. I don't really think there is. If you want to say there is one, it might be district four with the addition of Cyprus adding into that district where you now have Cyprus second Baptist. Yeah, but SBS has been down. Fort Bend Christian's been down. Like I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But as a perennial power in private school football, having second Baptist Cyprus, Fort Bend and teams like TWCA coming into there, it could be something, but yeah, I don't know what else. I, I I think that would be the district of doom this year for also having to play an eight game gauntlet. That's kind of my reason, but like there somehow they made a balance where the teams you play, but also it's crazy geographically. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that brings up a good point. I think, how good these divisions are relies heavily on what kind of lens you take when you look at it. Are you looking at how these teams have, you know, performed in the past couple of years? Are you yeah. taking a wider approach and like how these teams perform traditionally? It's just kind of how you analyze it. But, you know, it's interesting. I'm outside of the geographic issues in district two. I, I think this is great. I really, more than anything, I'm thrilled Grace and Brooke here in the same district again. I love that rivalry, and the fact that it's a district game again makes me really happy. But more importantly, I'm happy to see all of these Fort Worth rivalries being reestablished in District 1. I think that's great for the sport. I like it a lot, and I'm just – I'm I'm really glad. Because that was the main thing that we lamented in the realignment two years ago is the breaking up of all these rivalries, which made the sport great. But now it seems that they're back. 
Yeah, I want to say one last thing. When we're talking about the classification, so 6A's classification is 395. If you look at the schools, if you I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Liberty made it at 401. It was 398, and Liberty made it into Division One at 401. So there is, Ooh. if three students did not go to Liberty, they would be <laughs> back in Division Two this year uh, for the Jeez. next two years. And TMI Episcopal is probably even more mad because they're one person away from staying in Division Two, but they have to go up to Division One. Um, All Saints on the other side, they're at three seventy six, so they were what about twenty ish kids away from twenty ish students away from being back into Division One. So stuff like that, man. It's it it was some of these teams were very slim on getting back into there or getting going back to where they were. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's going to make for a, for a really interesting season next year, but we'll just have to wait and see how that turns out. Now our attention turns to division three, where in district one, you see it's, it's, it's more of the same. There's, we mentioned a lot of people that dropped out Um, in district two, all saints moves up a division into district three. I think Tyler, all saints does honestly, they could have been, no, I think they were division four and they moved up. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about, the overall divisions. The main thing I want to hit on, if you will turn your attention to division three, district two, I'm just going to read mm. off the names um, in this district. You have Dallas covenant, mm. Tyler, all saints, True. Tyler Bishop, TK Gorman, McKinney, Christian, Dallas, Christian. Somebody is going to get hurt playing these games. I, <laughs> Listen, DC, the the district DC plays in right now. It's not even close at all. Have any of you ever watched the Tyler All Saints football game? It looks like pee wee, and it's not a slam against All Saints at all. It's just like All Saints. Have you watched All Saints or Tyler Bishop, TK Gorman play football? DC is going to beat them by eighty-seven points. It's it is insane. It is insane to me that these are going to be district games. It's just especially with Cypress moving out. I, I don't know. Somebody's going to get hurt. It's it's really crazy. What's crazy too is they're the third in enrollment size in that district because McKinney and Dallas Covenant are still above them in enrollment and um. They're at 195 kids, and they're one of the best teams in the state. That's insane. Um, wow. But uh, that's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. The cutoff for there made sense. Like the highest is 209, the lowest was 134. But like for that for four A, sorry, but like yeah, that is it is it's a crazy one. That is, mm, that is just crazy. And then on the other side. Now, okay, this is the one thing I wanted to talk about for this district, okay? So, you, uh, for this division, you move all those Houston schools out, right? So, like, Cypress, Bay Area, Legacy Prep, Brentwood, all gone. They just all moved up. So, Division three for them, no more. So, you move from four divisions, or four districts to three, and so you move Northland, who, hey, Northland moved up to Division three. So, Mm -hmm. they're the only Houston school, I believe. And that whole division three, which is mm-hmm. crazy. That's, Jeez. that's something that we haven't seen in a while. Um, so shout out to Northland for repping the H town in division three, but uh, yep. Lubbock Christian has to win the state championship this year, or they going to have to, or they're going to have to face 
Dallas Christian for the next two years in that division, and I don't know if they're going to get another one. So if they don't win it this year, it, it might be rough for them for the next two years to having to be right in their shadow like TCS, Lubbock, and others have done for the D.C. for the past two years. I will say at least Lubbock Christian moves up and gives D.C. at least a maybe formidable like um, trans yeah. district opponent like – because I mean, looking at the rest, Covenant, Colleyville, no, Lake Country Christian, no, Bantigo, no, all those teams in their district, obviously, no, Hill Country Christian School, no. Like it's, yeah. and you could say the same thing now. This was more of an issue when DC dropped down a division. We were all just like throwing things at the wall, like how is this going to look? Well, it looked a lot like we expected. They blitz everyone in district. But what I will say, at least, and again, I don't mean to turn this um, divisional analysis into a dc analysis but it, it really kind of at is this, at this level down. you have to yeah but like i mean at least for dallas christian in district two at least there's only five teams in that district so you can get like five non-conference games and schedule big d1 opponents to see what your team's sure. really made of because once you get into district it's you're yeah. not learning anything about your team by beating tk gorman 86 to nothing like yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I guess if you have to think on the other side of it, then they would if with a senior year Gibby Alvarado, you might see Holy Cross finally in the state championship in next year, um because Cypress is out of that district, so um that could be something good to see in a change of scenery in Division Three. Uh, they would have to face probably Dallas Christian in that state championship, but um, yeah, or unless they flip it around, they do like. District one on the opposite side of district two for the playoff bracket, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, hopefully, you know, Gibby and those guys can kind of look at that and be like, okay, well, we play all these teams anyways. Let's win and we can go into the state championship and, you know, next year. And, you know, they still have a chance to do it this year. They're a good squad. I'm just saying, like, with Cyprus and how good they look, Holy Cross might have it a little bit easier going into the next year. So, uh, division is an interesting one. It, it, It certainly is, as they all are every year realignment's kind of like um it's like anti-christmas to me because yeah. it's like it's very exciting um and it, but it also unlike christmas mo- i don't know how y'all's christmases go but i don't usually yell and start getting amped up on christmas time but it's <laughs> it's interesting like it's it gives me some excitement to look forward to and i won't get another like adrenaline crack rush like this until 2026 yep. but i mean yeah um so D3, n- not as crazy as D2, but still some points to hit on. Now we move on to D4, where, two districts to be honest there. with you, there there's not a, what'd you say? There's only two districts in now, officially. There are only two districts. You mentioned off the top, which was a great point, Walker, that there's not a whole lot of moving down in this cycle. There's a lot of moving up, which for overall private school is great. I mean, I love yeah. seeing more kids come in. It makes the community a lot bigger and a lot more fun for us to analyze, but that does mean there's a lot fewer teams in D4. So District 1 consists of Fort Worth Temple Christian, Munster Sacred Heart, Fort Worth Multi, ah, Fort Worth Mercy Culture Prep, Ovilla Christian, which I will hit on in a second, Dallas First Baptist, Waco Live Oak, and Waco Bishop Riker. District 2 is Central Texas Christian, Hollitsville Sacred Heart, Shiner St. Paul, Covenant Christian out of Conroe, Tomball Rose Hill, and Brian Brazos Christian. So... Walker, there, there's not a ton to hit on here. It's more of the same. There's not yeah. going to be any real big power shake up here in D4. Yeah, Anything have, to really take away from that? Yeah, we have some newcomers into Division Four and for 11-man football because I believe Ovilla and Live Oak both played six-man last year. Same with Conroe Covenant Christian, also played six-man. 
So those are three new squads to 11 man. So I'm excited to see how they do. I know Conroe has a couple guys because we kept getting tagged with a couple people over the years from Conroe. So I'm excited to see how they do. And um, that district two is going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one for in district because those are those are a couple of good squads and come historic programs in Division four for the South and the North. I know you're talking about Avila in a second, but hey, if Dallas First Baptist doesn't win it this year, it looks like they have a clear shot to win it for the next couple of years if they can get if their guys stay there with Caleb Mitchell and you know um, Sadu Robinson get stay there for a couple of years. Uh, you know you talked about that quarterback, the George. Uh, agonostis something like that yeah so he'll be probably the future after hunter mccoy right so you have him leading the charge with those two receivers and i'm gonna guess there's other guys coming up the ranks so uh if not this year first baptist got the luck of the draw with lubbock moving out and them gonna be the favorites for taps division for the for the next two years yeah absolutely ovilla is um interesting to me just because they used to play um, East Texas Christian Academy whenever, not in football, but in, in baseball, it was a common opponent. So it's interesting for me to see them get moved up, um, them get moved up. Um, I was looking at their stats. They, they're they not even really dominant in six-man ball. They're not going to be a huge threat in D4. So just all that to say, I, like I hit on earlier, you're not going to see a whole lot of power shakeup in D4 with this happening. You're, like you said, Walker, you're – your powerhouses are still going to be Dallas First Baptist, you know, Munster Sacred Heart, Shiner St. Paul, maybe Central Texas makes a run. But Conroe Covenant, I think, is interesting. I hope they got some guys. But, but yeah, um, so like we said, a lot of teams move up, not a lot of teams move down. This leads to only two districts in Division Four. So, you know, uh, we'll also look at some some guys that dropped to uh, to independent this year. The Village had already dropped to independent last year. Um, well, really, the only new addition is uh, JP2 out of Plano drops down, which, you know, we, we said on one of our school yeah. board recaps that JP2 needs to blow it up. Um, it's just it's been tough sledding them for football. Um, they haven't gotten the guys in to really be able to compete, and they are certainly showing that in the past couple of years. Walker, you think it's probably the right decision for them to go indie for a few years? Yeah, they've been in for the past couple of years, right, since they dropped out of Division One, and, you know, I feel like it's a smart decision for them to do it, try to reorganize that program. Uh, El Paso Cathedral was independent last year, same with the Houston, the village. Uh, I will say uh, the private school football guy tweeted out, you know, when he saw it and he said for division one, he said, I would imagine a couple of these squads would opt out and go with the independent schedule, which I, I will say like, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of things like San Antonio TMI for that division two. I could see them going that way, you know, like, Santoro TMI, I could see like a Nolan maybe going independent for a year, maybe. I don't know. Like it, some of those squads where if it's gonna be a bad news bears for them for in in district, it might be better for them to play, you know, good competition, not play in this district. So it's gonna be also interesting to see how many people opt out because you know, TC Addison opted out probably after a couple of years with how Plano how Paris was doing the same thing with you know Plano did it for a couple of years, like if any of these teams opt out, that's going to be fun to watch because Frasity was independent, right? I believe. Mm-hmm. And so then now they are not independent anymore. So it's or do they go back to being independent? You know, stuff like that. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it will. Yeah, you were right. I was mistaken. For some reason, I thought John Paul had moved back up, but they have not. They're still just – maybe when I said blow it up, I was referring just to their football program because it has just been a no, – um, Yeah, yeah, because it, it is it, in a weird spot. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
Teague's still the AD over there, isn't he? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up. I want to say yes. But that being said, I, I bring that up because I say if he's the AD over there, I would assume their football team gets gets back to form at some point. It's just kind of a speculation on my part. But, Walker, before we, we shut this little emergency podcast down, any other overarching thoughts you have regarding the landscape of private school following some some pretty big announcements? A lot of geographical differences that I'm intrigued about. I might make a graphic when I when I'm done with my exams this weekend that kind of show what the districts are going to look like uh, geographically wise because it's going to be funny to wa- look at like on a map. But um, besides that, I honestly don't think it changes anyone's title hopes, which is crazy. I like team wise or like playing wise, you might have some for more in in like how easier paths to the state championship or in playoffs. But for the outright winner, nothing really changed. I, I think Division One might. Yeah, I think I think Liberty yeah. with I think I think it, it takes I think it takes away Parish's like paved path to the state yes. title. Not St. Thomas is there this year. We can't discount that. But right, no, no, you're definitely you're definitely right there. I think that's the one change of a title hope of any district or any division is eleven man Division One, which that also going into Division Two. That opens it up with if Liberty is the outright favor in Division Two this year, that opens it up for anyone next year. So it really teams, does. Teams like All Saints with Kelvin Ryan in his senior year, uh, you know, uh, Austin Reedens with Quinn Murphy in his junior year, uh, Woodlands, you know, uh, Fort Bend, Second Baptist, Cypress Christian with John Kelly. Those teams have a chance now to kind of look at that, and be like, okay, the the team that is just insane this year is out of that division. How do we respond? And that makes, you know, we always say division two football is the best division two in taps or like in private school football, it's best football's division two. And it looks like it could be again this year. So. Yeah, I agree. I think especially, and again, I talk way too much about district two, but it's very, it's very close to my heart because that's the district I grew up playing in. But I think it, our division two as a whole, I think it's incredibly beneficial and important that you don't have a team that you look at preseason and be like that team no doubt is going to win state because for so long it's been like that it's mostly just whenever I look back at, at what Trinity Christian did in taps and I'm like playing playing the sport you have no and you can speak to this too you have no idea how demoralizing it is to like just kind of look out and be like there we have no shot to yeah. win a state championship and for us we're like we have no shot to win district this year just because of trinity so i think having everything i'm not i'm not saying try to make everything patty cake patty cake everyone gets a trophy but having things as balanced as they can be to where you can it's go out and compete yeah. exactly so it's competitive I, I think that's hugely beneficial for the sport i'm a big fan of it and from guys who played it and know what it's like to go out and feel those games i think it'll go a long way for the kids but you know, all that being said, Walker, that's that in a nutshell is our opinions on the realignment. It's it's certainly a big shakeup, but it's um I think at the end of the day, outside of a few geographic tweaks, I think it's it's probably for the better. I'm more or less very okay with it. any closing thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah, uh for everyone who probably like if someone disagrees or go, comes at us. The it came out not that long ago, so these are our like fresh reactions to this thing. So if something changes or you know something more balanced or something happens, remember that 
uh and also you know opinions might change we will have more time to look over look over it and you know the off season and everything else but yeah these are our fresh reactions just remember that exactly yeah keep, please keep that in mind or just chirp us anyways i'm honestly okay with that i, I enjoy en- all engagement is good for the algorithm so i'm all <laughs> right with that but all that being said, I've been half your hosting crew, Wes Tollison. Walker Lot has fantastically been himself. This will not alter the schedule of any of our episodes. We'll still have one up this Thursday and the next Thursday. We will see you in one of those. See you later.